1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Office Gold Royalties Q3 2020 Results Conference Call. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, please pick up your receiver and press star, followed by the number 1 on your telephone keypad. Please note that this call is being recorded today, November 10th, 2020, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Today on the call, we have Mr. Sean Roussin, Chair and CEO of OSISCO Gold Royalties, Mr. Sandeep Singh, President, and Mr. Frédéric Ruel, Chief Financial Officer and Vice President Finance. I would now like to turn the meeting over to your host for today's call, Mr. Sean Roussin. Bonjour Mesdames et Messieurs et bienvenue à l'appel conférence des résultats du troisième trimestre de l'année 2020 de redevances auriferes au Cisco OSISCO-LT. Après la présentation, nous procéderons à une à une séance de questions et réponses. Si vous désirez poser une question, veuillez décrocher le combiné du téléphone et appuyez sur la touche étoile du numéro 1. Veuillez prendre note que cet appel est enregistré aujourd'hui le 10 novembre 2020 à 10 h heure de l'Est. Nous avons sur l'appel aujourd'hui M. Sean Wilson, président du conseil d'administration et chef de la direction de redevances aurifères de au CISCO, M. Sandy Président et M. Frédéric Ruel, chef de la direction financière et vice-président finance. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à votre hôte, M. Sean Roussen.
2: Merci, opérateur, et euh, bienvenue tout le monde à la paix conférenciale, le troisième trimestre de Cisco Gold Royalties, au Cisco euh, OSR. Cette matinée, on va se passer à une présentation avec euh, Fred Ruel, notre CFO, et the President, Cooperative, will be executed by Sandeep Singh. Welcome to our third-quarter conference call. Um, we will uh, be following the format this morning with uh, Fred Ruel presenting our uh, our financial results as reported, uh, and then Sandeep Singh, our President and 2 be CEO, will be coming on uh, and giving us the rest of the corporate presentation um, for today. We will be referring to some forward-looking. Uh, uh, events uh, and we have a, a presentation on our website titled Q3 2020 Results uh, that you can follow uh, this morning. Um, I will give a, quite a small preamble this morning and then pass it over. Uh, as you know, we are in the uh, evolution of the Cisco story uh, with the purification of the royalty model for Cisco Gold royalties. Uh, through the spin-out of the Barkerville and San Antonio assets into the new entity of ODEV. Uh, That vehicle will probably start trading in early December. Um, And uh, some more work uh, left to do on that as we get into it. Um, And that should uh, simplify the business of of, uh, Cisco Gold Royalties uh, on a forward basis. Uh, Quite excited about the evolution there and the uh, aspects of what's happened with the ODEV assets both at Barkerville and San Antonio. Uh, As we move forward, and I think it goes well to uh, explaining why we believe Cisco Gold Royalties has the best business model uh, in the space with uh, the sidecar accelerator business uh, providing uh, unequal opportunities to Cisco Gold Royalties as we evolve uh, in in the space and continue to execute our business plan uh, to build the best business uh, around the royalty model uh, in the sector. On that note, I will hand it over to Fred Ruel to give you the financial highlights, uh, and then Sandeep will will take over after that.
3: Fred, over to you. Merci, Sean. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. A strong strong third quarter for Cisco with production rebounding very well from Q2 and the COVID impact. We earned 16,739 GEOS in Q3 generated record revenues of 41.2 million record operating cash flows of 36.1 million and an operating margin on our royalties and streams of over 96% net earnings were 12.5 million or 8 cents per share while our adjusted earnings were 17.5 million or 11 cents per share we also acquired during the quarter the remaining 15% ownership on a Canadian precious metal royalty portfolio, which includes royalties on the island gold and Lamac mines. We also announced a strategic partnership with Regulus for 12.5 million US. And of course, as you all know, we announced in October the spin out transaction and the creation of a fiscal development. On page four of the presentation, we show our production by assets and by products. Again, the Canadian Malasic mine delivered strong results and Victoria continued to increase the deliveries. In Q3, 70% of our production came from gold and 27% from silver. As, present, uh, as presented under page uh, five of the presentation, we recorded record revenues from royalties and streams of uh, 41.2 million compared to 33.9 million in Q3 2019. Cash flows from operating activities reached a record 36.1 million compared to 28.3 million last year. If we go to page six, uh, we have a breakdown of our cash margin for Q3 and year to date. The cash margin on our royalties and, uh, on our royalties increased in q three to reach thirty point one million compared to twenty three point four million last year. For the first nine months of the year, the cash margin on royalties reached seventy six point five million, an increase of five point nine million compared to q three two thousand and nineteen, despite the Covid impact on our deliveries during the second quarter. The cash margin on our streams was nine point six million in Q three. Compared to 7.4 million in 2019 and 25 million for the first nine months of the year, 4.5 million higher than 2019. This uh, resulted in a cash margin on our royalties and streams of over 96% in Q3, in fact, 96.4%, compared to 91% in Q3 of last year. Our total cash margin reached 40.5 million. 8.7 million higher than last year. Year to date, our total cash margin was 104 million, an increase of uh, close to $10 million. On page seven, we have a summary of our earnings and adjusted earnings. Net income was 12.5 million in Q3 or 8 cents per share compared to a net loss of $45.9 million last year, or 30, $0.32 cents per share. The loss in 2019 was due to impairment charges. Adjusted earnings for Q3 reached $17.5 million, or $0.11 cents per share, similar to last year. On page 8 of the presentation, uh, we have a summary of our results for Q3 and year-to-date. Geos from gold production were lower this year, partly due to the sale of the Bruce Jack offtake in Q3 2019 and the remaining impact of COVID. But this was more than offset by strong silver deliveries. The decrease in our total revenues from 109 million to 56 million was also due to the sale of the Bruce Jack offtake last year, partially offset by a higher realized price on gold. Our average gold price per ounce sold amounted to a record $2,545 Canadian in Q3 of this year, compared to $1,952 in Q3 of last year. Our gross profit for Q three increased to thirty point eight million from twenty point nine million in two thousand and nineteen. On page nine, we have a summary of our strong financial position. Our cash balance at the end of Q three was one hundred and sixty one million. Our debt amounted to $422 unchanged from Q2, including the $100 million accordion available under our credit facility. The facility has over $400 million available at the end of uh, September, allowing us to quickly deploy capital as needed. Finally, on page 10, you may find our updated guidance that was released in early August. We expect GEOs of between 33000 to 35000 in the second half of this year, with a cash margin on royalties and streams of approximately 95%. We anticipate a continued upward trend in GOS deliveries in the fourth quarter and we believe that we are in an excellent position to meet our forecast for the second half of 2020. I'll pass the puck to Sandy for the rest of the presentation to you.
0: Thanks a lot, Fred, and uh, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's Sandeep Singh here. Um, look, hopefully what you've taken away from, from Fred's presentation and our Q3 results is that uh, this was an excellent quarter. Uh, you know, records in terms of cash flow, despite the fact that, you know, our, our operators' assets were largely still revving up uh, over the course of the quarter post-COVID, uh, the asset base is performing uh, extremely well overall. Um, as, I, as Fred mentioned, you know produ- production bounced back well, with still further upside expected in Q4. Uh, you know to touch on that a little bit. Um, uh, we've talked about timing, you know deliveries uh, in the last quarter in our press release. For instance, CB, uh, we didn't get any ounces delivered to us in Q3. Uh, they're certainly producing in Q3, so that was kind of the uh, the hangover of COVID, where we didn't get that impact in Q2, we got it in Q3. Uh, Island as well. The mine is doing uh, extremely well, as everyone I'm sure knows, but our ounces were down in Q2. That's, that's kind of behind us as well uh, and uh, and looking forward to kind of uh, getting over the hump on those types of issues. Malartic, obviously our flagship asset, uh, a good quarter uh, by every respect, uh, but also included some processing of low-grade stockpiles as they look for uh, increased flexibility uh, until Barnett, uh, the Barnett higher grid zone starts contributing. It did a little bit in Q3. We certainly hope that that will continue. And then Victoria is the uh, the large asset for us ramping up this year. It's still ramping up and, and deliveries are growing to us all the time. I'll touch on that uh, in a little while. Uh, I'm still looking at slide 10, by the way, if you're following along in the deck. Um, and uh, as as Fred mentioned, you know, meeting our, our guidance about uh, equates to about 16 to 18,000 ounces, uh, just a touch above uh, for the the low to the high uh, in terms of, of Q4. Uh, and we certainly think, given the dynamics we just mentioned, I just mentioned that you know we, we don't see any any risk of that. Obviously, the assets will do what they do, but we feel pretty comfortable uh, heading into the the last quarter of the year in terms of growth uh, during the quarter. Uh, we spent uh, about 67 million Canadian on uh, royalty and stream growth in the quarter between the acquisition of the case portfolio, for 12.5 million and the San Antonio stream fund, you know, basically uh, facilitating that transaction, which delivered us the San Antonio stream. Um, you know, so that between those two transactions, there's immediate growth on assets that we already own in that, in that case portfolio that we like and that have big upside. And then, uh, the additional stream, uh, we think, has the potential for a uh, significant contribution in the near term as well. If you we look at slide 11, uh, well, the next two slides, I will touch on uh, the important transaction that we announced post the, the end of the quarter. Um, and want to make sure everyone understands the impact on us. I'm sure everyone does understand the transaction structure by now. We've had a chance to talk to most of you about it. Um, As Sean mentioned, it remains on track, uh, or the trading of ODEB remains on track for early December. We're just going through the last of the listing process now, Um, and and that bodes uh, bodes well. Again, I won't go through the transaction particulars, I'm sure they're all well understood. In terms of the the financing, I will say that it was a good result uh, in what's been a choppy market, generally speaking, leading into the US election. Uh, Good demand, uh, a good set of shoulders uh, that Sean and team will take forward in, in the Cisco development. Um, and uh, significant interest in that in that company, even though the structure was a little bit complex for for some groups to be able to participate in. So we think there's a good uh, a good launch in store for us on the Odev side, and some meaningful catalyst in the next uh, in the next six months that the team will be able to unlock value with. Um, in terms of the you know maybe I'll touch on it because it preempt hopefully the question a little bit. The only real question we get left from an OR perspective is on the retained ownership. Uh, obviously, 88% in the hands of one entity uh, is not a, a you know sustainable uh, level. We uh, structured it in such a way that we want it, and we want that retained upside. Um, as uh, the ODF team moves the assets forward, we will be diluted. Uh, we expect uh, the team to move the assets forward quickly uh, to meet those catalysts. And then as well, as I've mentioned before, we'll look for opportunities to reduce as well uh, but the, the prize there is, is a significant amount of value, so we're going to, uh, to look to do that in as smart a, in a, a smarter way as possible. Uh, on slide 12, uh, I think it's worth reemphasizing one more time. I think it's a win for both sets of assets, uh, frankly. Uh, I think we've set up the Cisco Development well as a, as a strong portfolio, well-funded, uh, on its way to becoming an intermediate company solely with assets based in North America, uh, when in production and, and a good mix of near-term, uh, near-term production potential as well as the flagship assets. Obviously, the team we have uh, the utmost confidence in, in terms of unlocking that value. On the OR side, um, you know, I think accomplished quite a lot, frankly. I mean, it's a lift. We got our shoulders a lift from what's been invested into the, uh, the asset base there, which is significant. We've crystallized the value uh, of those development assets. They're now off of our balance sheet they'll have a see-through value they have one based on the financing they'll have one every day thereafter uh, which we think will be beneficial to our or our shoulders uh we reduced uh, or you know uh, we'll be eliminating the spend in terms of the asset exposure um, in q3 that was roughly 16 million dollars on caribou so in keeping with previous quarters uh, when you flow that through that's that's almost uh, that's about 10 cents a share to the bottom line we've also reduced or, or will be reducing our gna as part of the transaction as essentially the, the full team required to run both companies was was in place and we're just segmenting them between the two uh and not you know last but not least we uh we secured and and, and fashioned at least you know twenty thousand ounces of geos for cisco um you know subject to unlocking value on those assets but uh, uh that's a Hugely significant chunk of growth um, that we got uh, paid to take in the end. So a rough ride, perhaps, to get there, but ultimately happy with uh, with the end result. And we certainly feel like we've uh, set the company up for a significant re rates. Uh, you know, the assets, the royalty portfolio that is in Cisco Royalties today deserves a better valuation, uh, and uh, and has a pretty substantial growth profile that we don't think we're getting proper value for. So that's. Our job going forward is make sure we can unlock that for the benefit of our shareholders i think we've done a lot of the heavy lifting uh and uh, we'll continue down that path if you look at slide 13 it's the growth profile i, I touched on a little bit before uh you know essentially the ability to more than double production uh organically with things that we've already bought and paid for some of those contributing this year some of those contributing next and a, and a good pipeline of assets that are coming on behind so we feel pretty comfortable uh, in terms of where we sit currently, um, and uh, and this provides us the ability to be disciplined in uh, what certainly can feel like a bit of a, a heavy, uh, you know, uh, transaction market out there. We'll we'll look to pick our spots when we see value. Uh, if we don't, we'll uh, we'll sit on the sidelines, uh, given the uh, the dynamic I just mentioned. Uh, I'll spend a little bit of time on slides uh, fourteen and fifteen, uh, talking about the Malartic Underground. You know, given that it's a Huge catalyst for us, uh, we hope and we certainly expect uh, over the course of the next uh, coming months, not just for us, but obviously our joint venture partners, Ignico and Yamana, who are doing a tremendous job with the asset. The open pit continues to deliver uh, like clockwork. uh, So I'll focus you on the underground. Um, I'm sure all of you who follow those companies are aware of the uh, underground work that was announced in Q2 in terms of ramping down the portal work that's underway now almost complete and the two years worth of ramping into East Goldie Odyssey and, and East Malartic. In Q3, uh, a lot of the discussion was out was around uh, drilling update at East Goldie, uh, which should translate into a new resource early in the year, followed by a PA, uh, which we uh, I'm sure the market uh, hotly look forward to. Um, the drill results were, were nothing short of, of, uh, of fantastic, uh, frankly, uh, with widths and grades increasing. Um, if you look at the bottom right here, you'll also notice, and the continuity has never really been an issue, but it continues to be uh, reinforced. Uh, and I think it goes a long way towards uh, adding confidence to the operators uh, to push that asset forward, uh, including a potential shaft decision off the back of the PA in the new year. And if you look at the bottom right, as I was trying to say, you know, East Goldie and East Malarctic dipping towards each other uh, with certainly, uh, you know, the potential of those two converging at depth uh, as well, open and open at depth uh, to help benefit that. So a lot of good news from a Malarctic perspective, a Malarctic underground perspective, um, and we look forward to that getting uh, further advanced uh, by our partners. If you look at slide 15, just a little bit more on the exploration updates. Uh, 12 rigs turning at East Goldie, uh, generated 38,000 meters of drilling in Q3. Uh, that takes us to about 77, 78,000 uh, meters, I think, for the first nine months. And a similar kind of Q3, Q4 uh, level of drilling, so uh, intense drilling. Um, and uh, certainly we expect that to lead to a significant increase in resources by the time they update that in the new year. Um, as I mentioned, you'll, you'll notice a, a snapshot of some of these results here. Uh, you know, uh, nothing short of exceptional, frankly, uh, fantastic continuity, uh, average width, uh, if I remember correctly, north of 10, I think it's 11 meters, uh, averaging greater than three grams per ton in the East Goldie portion. So um, so this is going to be one of the core facets, one of the core catalysts for us. Um, we've always felt this year that this was shaping up to be the best development project maybe in the sector or certainly one of. Uh, it's, tra- it's, it's continued to, to trend that way. And, uh, and our view is uh, the more the operators uh, do their work, the more they're comfortable talking about it uh, early in the year, the better it'll be for all of our sets of shareholders. Um, so we look forward to to that ongoing work. If you move to slide 16, just other some of the other uh, producing assets uh, to touch on a little bit. Uh, and then if I miss something, we can certainly pick it up in the Q&A. Um, Eagle, uh, I touched on earlier, ramping up, continues to ramp up well, I guess uh, the ramp up continues. Uh, if you follow Victoria, you would have heard of some bottlenecks on the processing, uh, largely you know, crushing side, that are being addressed through a variety of uh, of optimization work. Importantly, I think the grade and the recovery, um, if you listen to the operator, are reconciling quite well. So it's just really a methodical march up in terms of tons being stacked. And, and so we're quite confident that uh, the team is doing the right things there. We keep a close eye on it. Um, and uh, look forward to that to production growing. It's, it's growing to us all the time. And then from an exploration perspective, you know, everyone's been focused on the on the production there as they should be. But we're starting to see some really good stuff come out of, uh, of Victoria on the exploration side, including most recently on the Raven target, uh, a drill hole of about 65 meters and just shy of three grams, which was a large step-out hole. Uh, so again, you know, speaking to character and the potential of a large a very large prospective land package. Uh, Mantos, uh, again, a strong contributor in Q3 for us, uh, performed quite well, even with all the challenges of of COVID in South America, Chile, especially. Um, So we commend them for that. Um, And in terms of the expansion, I think we say here, mid 2021, uh, there could be some small delays, uh, again, COVID related, but uh, that, that pushed that into the second half of the year. But still, overall, we're quite pleased with the updates we're seeing in terms of their uh, their expansion work and how little impact COVID has actually had on them. Allionor, uh, again, it was a it was a COVID impacted quarter, uh, slower uh, rev up there, uh, as I guess they're being a little bit more cautious and and lower tons mined. But we expect them to continue to make progress on their uh, their being Newmont's full potential program. So hopefully, this is one that they can continue to improve. Uh, and, uh, and add ounces to us. On slide 17, I touched on on the assets being contributed through ODEV to us, uh, so I'll go through this relatively quickly. Uh, at Caribou, uh, look, it's a s- significant, scarce, meaningful, whatever adjective you want to use, resource. At Caribou, uh, there's an aggressive drill program underway, and we expect that to continue under the ODEV banner lots of exploration success over the course of the year that the team will be following up on to turn, you know, discoveries into resources and a meaningful reserve update as well that will feed into feasibility study in mid 2021 and an ongoing path towards permitting. Um, recently, uh, you know, an IBA signed with the key first nation, the Little Lotako Dene uh, nation. So significant advancement from that perspective as well. And, and from what we can see, Permitting is uh, obviously a lot, lot of hoops to jump through, but the team is doing a great job uh, doing just that. And on the San Antonio side, really great starter pack with a million ounces of high grade, 1.2 gram, um, ox, uh, heap leach um, material, large land package, really untouched uh, and, and kind of forgotten. Uh, work to do there in terms of permitting, uh, infill drilling, expansion drilling, studies, etc., But a great address and a great starter pack as i mentioned in sonora with significant upside uh, overall and a lot of good near-term opportunities um, that sean and team will be attacking uh slide 18 just highlights uh maybe slide 18 and 19 highlights some of our other assets i won't go through them all in detail uh windfall uh hermosa horn 5 significant contributors to growth uh at cisco mining a sizable high grade five million ounce resource Continue to, uh, you know, the, the press release was, was had a pretty funny title, you know, more, more of the same, but that more of the same is, is some of the, the most exceptional drill results in the sector uh, at present. So we look forward to that continuing to add meaningful ounces uh, as they work towards their own feasibility study in 2021. Uh, and at uh, Falco and Horn 5, a very important uh, announcement or transaction with Glencore. Uh, where they provided a convertible venture uh, structured an offtake, which uh, they always had the right to, and, and, and frankly got some skin in the game. Uh, and as they continue to uh, work towards the last uh, technical diligence they're doing, and, and the team at Falco have done a phenomenal job uh, getting the relationship with Glencore to the point where it is. So we look forward to them finishing that exercise um, over the next uh, short while, and then again. Just to touch on Horn 5 as well, which is a stream that we fund based on success, but um, can be a meaningful contributor, depending on you know, your gold and silver prices, circa 20,000 ounces of geos right, right there. Um, and uh, and so the recent announcement is a positive one towards that. Our stream, as I said, is funded on success. But if you just look at the, the Monarch transaction recently, congrats to, to those folks for, I think, circa $150 million in the neighborhood. Uh, We certainly think that's a very positive read-through on value for 6 million ounces of reserves and 10 million ounces of overall gold-equivalent resources. Um, On slide 19, again, other examples of of how the portfolio is doing well. I touched on an island, obviously a ton of success there for the Alamos folks in terms of of that mine, um, in terms of production and, and, and cash flow, but also on the exploration side. Uh, and some of that drilling, especially over to the east, now drifting over to our higher-grade royalty portion. So we look forward to their continued work towards expansion and, and obviously uh, uh, continued exploration success. Uh, CV, I touched on earlier, uh, deliveries have restarted for us in October, so that's uh, that's behind us, and we look forward to their uh, their catching up. Uh, still a great, high-grade mine, uh, an asset for us in Canada. Uh, Gibraltar and the Tisico folks, I think uh, the upshot of that is they did quite well through COVID, managed it exceptionally well despite a large, uh, such a large land, uh, sorry, workforce. They kept costs down, brought costs down, frankly, uh, and now the copper price is in a much more supportive place. So I think that's a good news story. We obviously improved our stream um, uh, earlier in the year um, to, to assist and, and, frankly, opportunistically for us. And on SASA, again, a really important uh, contributor on the silver side. Uh, Obviously, unfortunately, there was a a tailings issue, a tailings leak uh, during the quarter. Those remediation plans uh, seem to have gone well and have been well accepted. They're still uh, finishing that exercise. And hopefully that that gets sorted out soon. In the meantime, production is back uh, at full capacity. So um, hopefully that that issue uh, gets resolved and is behind them. And then I guess ending on slide 20, I will just uh, re-emphasize again that you know we think it's frankly an, ex- an excellent quarter uh, coming out of COVID uh, and sets us up for a strong finish to the year. Uh, and at current gold prices, even with the last day factored in, we're still making uh, making money hand over fist, and, and hence the the records that we saw from the cash- revenue. More importantly, cash flow perspective over the course of Q3. So hopefully we can keep that trend going. Uh, there certainly are a lot of strong catalysts across the asset base over the next, you know, three, six, twelve months. Pick your time frame, um, and what we think is, is fairly sector-leading organic growth that uh, we should start to uh, to chip away at. Um, in the process, we think we've simplified the story this quarter, and uh, and uh, as we get out and tell that story, we certainly expect to undo uh, the meaningful trading discount that we still uh, think our assets uh, deserve a better lot in life on. So. With that, I will conclude um, and uh, open up for any questions you may have of uh, myself, Fred, and Sean.
1: Thank you. At this time, if you'd like to ask a question, press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. And your first question comes from the line of Ralph Profoli with hate Capital. Please go ahead.
4: Uh, hi there and good morning everyone Uh, thanks for taking my questions Uh, Sandeep two of them if I may firstly you talked about the transaction market you described it as being a heavy transaction market just wondering kind of what you meant by that Um, are you seeing a significant pickup in activity or a more competitive environment uh, or both and in that context um, you know under the new structure how would you kind of allocate priorities uh, to how you would actually fund new transactions Sure,
0: happy to touch on that, Ralph. And good morning. Uh, look, I think in terms of your first question, in terms of the the growth market, I think I said heady, or I meant to said he- I meant to say heady, uh, not heavy. But uh, look, it's clear there is uh, a fair bit more competition out there. Um, you know, I don't think we've been shy. The going rate right for things at times we've uh, we've chosen to, to not pay. Uh, we've tried to grit you know, for, for a variety of reasons. We have significant organic growth, as I mentioned earlier. And we've tried to fashion new growth in different ways. And, and the Cisco development transaction is one example of that. Um, but, you know, there's, there's more people out there looking for, for royalties. So you'll, you'll find that at times. Uh, but there's also more royalties and streaming opportunities uh, coming around all the time. I think, uh, you know, that ebbs and flows. It's a capital intensive market. It's, I, I think ro- through royalty and streaming, we provide collectively a competitive cost of capital. So there's still uh, a lot to do and, and things popping up. Uh, kind of here and there uh, all the time. I would describe our pipeline as good. Uh, you know, we still see things that we can do that add, uh, you know, moderate type transactions that add meaningful growth to our size of portfolio that we, uh, you know, we think are, are still good value. And those are the types of things we're focused on. So um, hopefully that answers your first question. And, and then again, yeah. flowing into your second in terms of allocating priorities again, I think for us it's it's uh, given what I just described, it's, it's having discipline uh, and showing discipline in terms of, uh, of what we reach for. If we see good value out there, we can reach for it. We can do almost any transaction we want to in the sector. But, but uh, at times, that's been a, a big if. Um, so we'll look. We'll look to pick our spots. Uh, the fact is, job one is to get paid for our current set of assets, um, and, uh, and then obviously have the organic growth kick in. If we can supplement that with smart transactions, we will. Uh, we've got a. As we, we know, you and I. With many of you, I've talked about the fact that we've got a large development portfolio uh, that's transitioning already, uh, and we'll get the benefit of those ounces really as they do transition from development to producer uh, status. So, you know, the focus uh, is on, you know, we have to look at things on a case-by-case basis, so this is, uh, you know, you can't be too, too stuck in your ways, but the focus certainly is on near-term, either cash-flowing or near-term opportunities. That said, when we see an attractive, uh, asset, like we, we structured with regulus in Peru, uh, with, which is, you know, big and getting bigger all the time, we'll reach for those, uh, as well. So hopefully that gives you a bit of uh, a yeah. bit of color. It's a fact, you know, if I can distill that, those are a lot of words, but if I can distill them into two, it would be uh discipline and balance.
4: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, if I can follow up on, on Renard, um, can, can you give us sort of your views on on the ramp up and milestones that you're seeing it's not included in the guidance how much upside could we see from uh, say a materiality perspective
0: yeah look i mean renard is still important to us uh we, we took it out of the guidance out of the you know overabundance of, of caution while it was on longer care and maintenance uh uh through COVID, and then obviously the luxury good market uh you know not not wasn't our expectation it would be the first thing to come out of COVID. Um, but that being said, I think we've been um, positively surprised. So the mine is back. We're up and running. Um, we we chipped in, at least on, on paper right now, not not fully, to to provide a working capital facility with our partners who are quite strong there with us, just to make sure that there wouldn't be any fits and starts. Uh, there was a, a significant inventory of diamonds on the books already that uh, they could dip into as needed. Uh, they've started to make some of those sales. And the prices have been good, kind of back to pre-COVID-type levels, sooner than we expected. Um, uh, so, so I think that's an important asset. Uh, it can add a big chunk to our gold equivalent ounces. We're still in the kind of workout phase now. Uh, it's going ahead of schedule uh, versus my own expectations at the start of the year. Um, and it's kind of on the cusp of needing uh, an extra little push from a, a diamond price perspective, uh, whereby we can get back to the point where we're making money on our screen. Now, in you know, thematically, the wrong word, but, but market wise, um, Argyle, uh, you know, Rio Tinto's Argyle is finally kind of, uh, you know, run out of, of ore and it's on the, the shutdown phase, long phase, but I think, uh, in terms of you know, in their last deliveries, uh, that is 10 percent, I think, roughly of the global market. Uh, importantly for us, in the same, uh, overlap significantly, I guess, I'd say, in the, in the smaller fraction. Uh, that Renard lives and breathes in. So, you know, we certainly hope that there's a, a moderate improvement uh, that gets us back to our our stream. It's a significant stream for us. Ultimately, the logic on that transaction was: it is a chunky stream for us. It's a billion dollars of good infrastructure. It's a mine that runs well, just needs a little bit of help on the diamond side, the price side, and uh, so far so good. So. I don't know if that answers your specific question, but, uh, but we're certainly happy with the progress there and, and look forward to a, a positive outcome eventually,
4: hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, no, answers it perfectly. Thank you, Sandeep. Thanks for the input. No problem, Raf.
1: And your next question comes from line of Puneet Singh with Industrial Alliance. Please go ahead.
0: Great, thanks. Um, you upped your exposure to Iron Lake uh, in the quarter. Can you take us through uh, the varying royalty rates uh, on the mine, which areas are higher, which areas are lower, and how that works in terms of the expansion they're planning at the mine? Yeah, hi, Puneet. Uh Thanks for your question. Um, so look, that's a mine just overall that we think uh, is is running exceptionally well. Uh, again, uh, kudos to the Alamos team in terms of, of what they've done there. Obviously, some of the some of the, the blueprint was, was already there, but they've done a fantastic job with it since. Uh, and uh, the grades and widths that they continue to hit at depth um, are, are improving that situation. So it was an asset that we had, 85% of that that portfolio, if you will, that we bought from Tech Case had the, the last 15. So adding uh, exposure to a mine that we already knew well and liked with big upside was, was a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, currently, the, the royalty rate, if I'm not mistaken, is 1.38, just shy 1.4%. Um, and that will continue to be the case for, for some time. Importantly, as they drill to the east, they are drifting towards uh, what is, I think, between 2 and 3% royalty um, uh, space for us. Um, so I don't have the exact uh, answer for you in terms of when that transitions, but certainly, if you'd like, uh can follow up with you uh, uh, with a better answer uh, as, you know, uh, post the call. Okay, great. Uh, that's good, and then, I guess my second question, just on Mantos, um, I see you put out a forecast of when the Debottle and the Eking project would uh, be
5: complete. I guess, are you still forecasting it to go up to a million ounces of silver per annum
0: after it's complete? And how fast do you think the operator can get to that level? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we're pleased with the progress today i'd say we're we're happy that the uh you know what looks like minimal limited impact from the um from the um from covid essentially uh, both at the actual operation and then on the expansion side uh so that all bodes well i think you know so that that's from a timing perspective uh will that continue to be the case uh, i'm not sure but so far uh, so far so good how that affects the ramp up we'll certainly want to see as well so i think we're being We'll, we'll, we'll stay you know, mute for the time being, uh, but certainly we do, nothing's changed, I guess, in our view of ultimately where it ends up. A uh, question of, of how long it gets to take to, to get there, but really, the, you know, we might be talking months uh, as opposed to anything else. But ultimately, our view there has not changed, and, and we look forward to that as a contribution. Okay, fair enough. Thanks.
1: And your next question. Thank you, please. I'm sorry. And your next question comes from of Mike Jalonen with Bank of America. Please go ahead.
6: Oh <clears throat> yeah, morning, Sean, Sandeep Fred. Uh just a question on uh page thirteen where you show uh production going around sixty four and a half thousand ounces to the midpoint this year to one hundred and forty thousand uh Jews, uh by some date that's not shown. Just wondering what what, what would be that date, and what are the key assets that uh, dr- basically drive about a seventy-five thousand ounce increase, more than one hundred percent? Thanks.
0: Hi, hi, Mike. Uh, good morning. Yeah, look, uh, that, that 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 is intentional. We, we haven't given a date for that. Uh, again, mainly because it's not uh, it's not in our um, it's not in our control. Um, I will say this, you know, we're not talking about kind of often the the distance, you know, we might not be talking about the next two or three years either. But these are kind of in the next several years, we certainly see the ability for the asset base to grow uh, to that order of magnitude. Um, In terms of the the assets, uh, look, it's we were supposed to be, you know, supposed to be I think the range was 82 to 88,000 ounces for this year, 85 being the midpoint pre-COVID. Um, you know, with, uh, and that included some, some Renard. So look, we, we certainly have the ability. We were on track for growth this year with Eagle kicking in beyond that. Um, we've got things like the expansion that we just talked about a Mantos. We've got Windfall, uh Hermosa, Aquila being a big chunk there as well. Uh Falco is not in that number, given that we haven't paid for it yet. And then we've tacked on a Cisco development, uh, kind of the placeholder for about 20,000 ounces a year. So those are, those are some of the assets in the next several years. Each of those, you might have a view on their, their respective timing. Uh, but importantly, all are generally all moving forward well, uh, with, with you know some minor exceptions. But uh, you know most of those assets getting good traction uh, and advancing well in in what is a pretty conducive equity market out there. So hopefully uh, that continues to be the case for those folks through the uh, the development, uh, you know, and and, and construction trough.
6: Well, our Anos that covers South 32 has uh, Hermosa maybe 2026 at the earliest. And uh, what about uh, windfall? I, I read their press releases. I don't see any production or construction decision yet. Maybe uh, Cisco sees what's your view of when they could be in production because it's obviously a great discovery.
2: Yeah, look yeah maybe I'll purple. jump in on that one. Yeah. Um, go ahead, John. You know, I think right now uh, we're pounding away on the infill drilling to finish the uh, the reserve status there. We should be done the drilling sometime uh, in the spring. Um, and, uh, you know, the question is how big is it? But, uh, you know, we're we're obviously in good shape. The company is fully funded with almost $300 million available to it. Um, so, you know, easily takes care of the equity component required to build it. And uh, lots of tailwind support from both First Nations and the government of Quebec and that we're in the Planned Nord area um you know so it's it's moving forward extremely quickly uh, and uh last time i checked there was more than 20 26 27 rigs maybe a little bit more than that turning on it right now so we are in a go fast program uh with windfall and uh i'm not going to predict the uh the exact date uh of the production but uh we're driving hard to set the stage for the final permits now and then we'll be in permitting for 12 to 24 months Okay.
6: Oh, thanks, Sean, for that. And well, good luck. Uh, good to have these discoveries in Canada. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, it's good to see. You know, I think half the drill rigs turning right now in uh, in Quebec right now are at Windfall Lake, right? So, pretty active place. It looks more like a a deployment zone than it does a mining project right now. A significant amount of infrastructure on the go and. Um, you know, we've been a leader on the COVID-19 program with the first uh, site that installed an on-site uh, lab that delivers results in three to six hours. Um, but we're setting up for the big play there. And, uh, you know, John's done an exceptional job of keeping that one well-financed and, and uh, you know, pedal to the metal. And uh, Matthew, who stepped in as president there, definitely has the leadership capabilities to get us where we have to go on that one.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, awesome. And Mike, just... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, just to finish up. I mean, look, you, you raise a good point. I mean, ultimately, in terms of timing, you know, the, we'll, we'll see how quickly those things move together, move forward. But uh, certainly we're not fussed when uh, the operators, obviously two pretty different operators in terms of the assets you mentioned there, but are have the wind at their backs. They're finding more uh, with South 32. They're talking about, you know, taking longer to create their pre-feasibility study, but thinking of it as a larger project. So all those things are positive. Uh, obviously, we'd love them to be in production today, but uh, we'll settle for the fact that they're getting bigger and better all the time and, and continually moving in the right direction towards production.
6: Okay. Well, I certainly look forward to the windfall uh, line opening uh, event. And uh, Yeah, I don't know. Did, you, sent- you, uh,
2: did you see the picture Sorry? of the core that John put up on there?
6: No, on Instagram. I'm blocking yeah, the by bank of America.
0: <laughs> no, they they, they they continue to shoot the lights out from an exploration perspective. And again, yeah, I, I, I think le, le, like you, we're looking forward to them putting it all together for us.
6: I've only been doing Sean, this
2: for 30, 36 years, but I haven't seen a better piece of core than
6: that. So, Sean, you'll have a uh, first year production just in the core at this rate.
2: Well, that's, you know, that is the kind of the, the the underwhelming strategy here is to run the core shack for at least 24 months.
6: Now maybe Santy, just going back to OD, you mentioned uh, bringing down your interest over time. Where would you, where would OR, o- what what kind of percentage would you hold, say, in three years from now on OD? Would you be below 50 percent, you think?
0: Oh, look, I mean, I think I think certainly. I mean, when we talked about and Sean in, in particular talked about OD uh, North Spirit, which you know this is really just North Spirit renamed. And public, uh, you know, ultimately the the idea was not to be, you know, a 50% shoulder. The idea was to to set up the assets well, benefit from the royalties and streams, and then send it on its way. Uh, there's, you know, two potentially two significant development, you know, mine builds there that will require capital. Um, anyone who knows Sean knows that he's he's going to be active to unlock those catalysts quickly. So. Just, you know, uh, you know, I think when we talked about it, North Spirit was meant to kind of come down to 20-some-odd 20, 20 percent. I don't know when that will happen. Three years is a long time in my mind, uh, Mike. So uh, a lot can happen between now and then. But ultimately, you know, we've, we've structured it well now. So we finished the structuring part of the transaction, which we said we weren't done a year ago. And eventually, we do need to start taking money off the table there. But, uh, you know, let, we'll let the company take its first steps uh, here as a public company three years feels like uh, an awfully long time away and a lot i think a lot will happen between now and then okay well, maybe huh. mike
2: i'll uh add to it you know out of 99 percent of the companies that you guys cover um both of them have too much liquidity and too high a float not a big enough shareholder ownership base in any one one shareholder we're the one percent that are actually uh, in full control of our float um and we have a proper shareholder base uh to work with coming out of the chute and uh we don't have a you know, any particular hangover from from previous adventures in this stock. This thing is pristine and it's the first time in my career that I've seen, you know, as many institutional shareholders calling me to worry about the size of the float as opposed to worry about the size of the float because it's too big. Um, so I think we're in a quality situation and I'm
6: quite happy to be the one percent in this market. Okay, well yeah. On good luck with O D and Sandeep, good luck with OR and that's all my questions. Thank you.
0: Thanks a Mike.
1: And your next question comes from the line of Josh Walson with RBC, please go ahead.
5: Thank you. Um, just wrapping up those thoughts on uh, windfall, is there any sort of guidance you can provide for some of the more near-term catalysts ahead of production, uh, like the feasibility study?
6: Yeah, I think Hi, where
5: we
2: stand on that, Josh, is we're gonna let uh, John Brzezinski answer those questions. Um, you know we're uh, we're we're a fourteen percent shareholder uh, in the in the company, and uh, we'll we'll rely on John to come out with his guidance on those issues.
5: Got it. Okay. Um, and um, from a from a go forward perspective in terms of structuring transactions, you know historically uh the accelerator model had utilized uh equity you know in terms of in terms of uh in terms of its transactions um now that's been spun out to odev you know when you look at these types of accelerator model transactions going forward has there been any thought given to how you would structure these and whether or not equity would still be a, a meaningful component to
0: that yeah well, thanks Josh. Um, I think taking a step back and then i'll answer your question specifically um look that accelerator model in its true form has been hugely beneficial i mean we wouldn't be talking about things like like the five million ounces at windfall uh and our our royalty on it uh had it not been for for that we wouldn't be talking about the hermosa one percent nsr that we have and we can debate when it comes on but certainly appreciate having a one percent nsr on a south 32 scale project so i think you know, that accelerator model in its true form of, of seeding companies, taking royalties early uh, without competition. And for when you look backwards, you know, uh, with a benefit of hindsight, percents on the dollar is, is good business. You know, the, the gating item is, you know, not our willingness to spend, you know, $10, $10 million to, to try to find a, a 10 bagger. It's, it's really are those opportunities out there. Historically, we've we've done one a year, essentially seeded one, one of those companies a year. Um, and, again, that's easier done in a down market than it is in a, in a more positive equity market where there's more capital uh, available for those types of stories. So we'll, we'll continue to be on the lookout. We think it's a great kicker to our model, but it is not the model. It's a it's kicker. Um, and so if, if it needs a little bit of equity to get the royalty, uh, we'll look at those on a case-by-case basis uh, as they've been pretty good to us. Um, you know, uh, so that that accelerator model, we 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 have no issues with. We think it's added a lot of value. Clearly, bringing in an asset in house fully, even though we said that that wasn't the end result, uh, that didn't pan out as expected. And so we're not looking to repeat those exercises. But you know, spending 10 to try to turn it into 100 and get a royalty that's worth 100 at the same time, uh, if we see them, we'll uh, we'll look to act. But overall, um, you know, yeah, you know, I guess that's that's how it answer that question.
6: Okay. Um,
5: and you mentioned expected cost reduction with the spin-out of Odev uh, on the G&A side. Uh, you know, the assumption is that Odev is going to be fully consolidated, just given the ownership structure. I guess, what would you what would you expect the G&A numbers to be on an annual basis going forward, and, and will we be able to actually see that
0: if it's all consolidated? yeah look we will be consolidating financials as a result of the the ownership in in odev uh so that's that's kind of one uh you know still relatively uh money piece of the equation and we will sort itself out in time uh that being said, the actual savings are real um you know so in terms of the spend that's no longer there on the asset that's real in terms of g a having as i said most of the team available uh to to staff both these companies, obviously some additional you know, public costs of running a company, but uh, relatively minimal in our minds. So, um, so on the OR side, you know that that G&A uh, of the the technical team that's moving over is real. I'd say, uh, you know, we want to let the company have its first few steps as a public company before we we start guiding people. But we will get back to to giving you a bit more color on that. And frankly, it'll it'll shape up on its own. And and we will certainly do our best, even during the portion that we're consolidating, Josh. To uh, within the rules that we have to live by, uh, do a good job of segmenting as best we can uh, what are pure O.R. costs and, and what are uh, consolidated O.D. costs. Okay. okay. And then, last again, question. You, sorry, yeah, go ahead.
5: No, go ahead. I was, was going to say, yeah, Sorry, last question on uh, on mallardic and uh, yourself and and perhaps Sean have might have some insight on this. You know, with the ramp-up of Barnett, um, you know, if I recall the old, and this is obviously a long time ago, old Cisco mine plan for the asset, um, there were some obviously very high grades available that would have been a meaningful contributor to, to OR today. Um, the mine plan, I think, has shifted to some degree with the blending of Barnett over time. But is there any perspective on what you have in terms of, the, the the progression of that grade profile. I know you guys aren't the operators today, but,
0: but any thoughts on, on what that grade will transition to become? Look, I'll, I'll let Sean jump in as as the guy who, who built the thing, uh, if you like, Sean, other than to say that, you know, I think the end of your comment is right. So maybe Sean can add some context uh, from, from when we were looking at it, he was looking at it, but, you know, we're not the operators. Ultimately there is a, a really nice kicker to the grade, how they phase that in will be uh, up to them um but uh, the, the good news is it's 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 in you know they've gotten some production out of it in in Q3 i think it was 20 somewhat thousand ounces of pre-production um so they have access to it now and it does provide a lot of flexibility going forward so uh good news uh when it gets phased in and how it gets phased in i guess will will depend a little bit so we'll be at the mercy of uh, of, uh, of the operators, but I certainly expect them to do it in a way that uh, ultimately maximizes uh, the value of the asset. Sean, did you have any other kind of historical context on, on Barnett you want to provide? Well, uh,
2: typically we had bottled it at around 2 grams, so there's a significant upside there, and there is a you know, a few a few high-grade pods within it that uh, will probably be blended, but uh, you know, the exact mine sequencing is going to be the key here, and I would expect that they'll try and make up some grade um to cover you know to pick up for the uh, quebec shutdown of the of the mines that we experienced earlier in the year so uh, i think they have the toolbox in front of them to uh to go after that higher grade component in the near term so we'll see what happens but we don't have a day-to-day uh, mine plan to work from
5: good all right that's all my questions thank you thanks Josh.
1: And your next question comes from the line of John Tomasos with John Tomasos Very Independent Research. Please go ahead.
7: Thank you for taking my questions. Concerning the Malardic underground, uh, clearly the, the shaft into East Goldie is under planning and that's the higher grade area, but there's also East and West Odyssey and East Malardic. Do you envision one underground mine by shaft into the highest grade zone or is there potential for the exploration ramp into the other zones to be a second mine with two sources of underground feed for the mill?
2: Uh just in general, John, I mean if you can uh if you can have two separate uh, working entities um, rather than bottlenecking, uh, you'll always take advantage of that and you know, in in terms of Agnico, they're very familiar with rail bearers, um and and uh, very efficient at underground mining with their experience at Goldex and Laron. Um I expect they'll take full advantage of both uh, both entry points, and they'll probably try and, uh, and set it up so that they can work at multiple development phases at the same time. The bottleneck with uh, shafts is, of course, is that um even though you might do the substations when you go down on a level base it's very hard to run development uh, from a shaft that's an active development um you know so they're going to want to take advantage of that there is some old infrastructure in the underground there that uh, hasn't been incorporated into the mine plan yet i imagine there'll be a, a few a few tests to see if any of that old underground development work uh that's in there um has any value to it or not but um for your for your primary haulage uh, ramps and shafts, you want to be in fresh rock. So
0: we'll
2: we'll see, but I think there'll be a couple of uh, a couple of tricks to turn on the way down.
0: Yeah, and then John, just to finish the thought, I mean, look, I, I don't personally, as as the layman of the group, I don't think they're envisaging two years of underground development work uh, through that ramp to 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 just be for the purpose of of uh, exploration drilling and, and and a bulk sample. Uh, I'm sure they're expecting that if they have success uh that will be uh you know longer term infrastructure. Um but uh I think the good news is we don't have that long to find out how they're they're thinking about this uh collective and the synergies between uh, East Goldie and the rest of the, the project.
7: Second, the regulus transaction is a little complex and I wanna make sure my reading comprehension is up to snuff. Is it correct that you paid US twelve point five million for three different things? Five point five million warrants at Canadian or US two twenty five first, a three quarters to one and a half percent revenue royalty on seventy five percent of the indicated and fifty percent of the inferred on the MENA valare zone, plus the opportunity to participate in more future royalties?
0: John, I'm not sure I could have said that any better myself. So
7: yes. (laughs) So this is not a complete transaction, but an expression of good faith, where as they restructure things, you're gonna participate in more and you gave them a little bit of extra cash toward that.
0: No, look, the way I think of it is uh, frankly, just in terms of the initial it is a partnership. There are a patchwork of existing royalties there that uh, they've shown an ability to go back and and get uh, uh, and and buy back. Some of them are contractual, some of them they've, they've just shown the ability to negotiate those. Uh, in our minds, uh, what we paid uh, for the initial royalty on on antiquary, uh, which is significant and on the bulk of the current resources you highlighted, a resource that's only getting bigger uh as they drill, it's already quite large, getting bigger. Uh that in and of itself justifies the transaction. To the extent they, the, we are are the, able to, are the warrants
7: at US or Canadian two twenty five?
0: Uh they'd be Canadian. And so anything else that we, we do as part of that, if if they are in fact able to buy back anything else, we have the right to participate in that. Um, you know, that would be a, a bonus. We'd we'd look at each one of those on a case by case basis, decide if we want to play. Uh, but having that optionality is, is good for us. Uh, as I said, uh, our view is uh, is that transaction already in terms of that initial, you know, meaty royalty uh, is, if that's all we end up with, we're quite happy.
7: With the Renard restart, uh, how much... Uh revenue or geos is that worth in the fourth quarter or does do you even get any in the fourth quarter does it come in the first quarter
0: look so the, the key difference we we have in our guidance this year when we we came back out with guidance john is we excluded bernard uh it was on care and maintenance first and foremost and you know whilst we're benefiting by you know anything they produce they'll they'll use to repay us uh, on our working cap facility um, you know, we're not, we're redeploying our, our, our stream back into the, uh, the mine for the time being as we kind of work our way through the, uh, the workout plan. So that's why we're not adding bounces to our, uh, to our guidance because we weren't benefiting them from them purely as a stream. Uh, we were redistributing them back into the asset. So, um, so we're not expecting any, uh, any contribution from that over the course of, uh, of Q4.
7: So you've waived your revenue to reinvest in capex for the mine and you've waived your loan repayment or you haven't waived your loan repayment
0: no we've not waived our loan repayment any dollar we put into the asset we're expecting back um and
7: even the funding of the capex
0: reasonably well what we've just done is we're uh we've been reduced our stream proceeds back into the mine for the time being so the outcome there is we want to get back to uh, a pure stream that we're benefiting from, uh, you know, uh, without having to put that money back until or unless we do, uh, we're not tacking it on to our guidance or incorporating it.
7: Uh, with regard to Claude, do you get a full quarter of the Claude output? Uh, excuse me, the, the Saskatoon mine CB, excuse
0: me. CB. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got what you meant, John. And, so. and the
7: fourth <laughs> quarter or the first quarter?
0: Sorry, when do we expect Which, kind of them to be fully? Yeah, with the time yeah. lags, when do you get the revenue? Yeah, so look, uh, again, Q2 we got. We had, I think, probably a, a record quarter, um, even though they didn't produce. Q3 we got zero, even though they were. And uh, as far as I remember, delivery started back early in October. So I would certainly hope and expect that uh, Q4 for us is kind of back to normal at C D.
7: Thank you for your patience with my questions.
0: No, appreciate them, John. Thank you.
1: And your next question comes on the line of Greg Barnes with TD Securities. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you. Uh, Josh and Mike stole my question, so I'm taking care of it. Thanks. Okay. No problem, Greg. Thanks for your time.
1: And your next question comes from line of Brian McCarter with Brennan James. Please go ahead.
6: Good morning. Uh, you talked a bit about Falco, So I just want to make sure I understand the Falco
0: situation now. Um, there is a $10 million loan, I think, coming due at the end of December. I just want to check first that that's still staying in royalties, because I know the shares are going to ODB. And secondly, I mean, I see Glencore is putting in $10 million for
6: advancement,
0: but is that $10 million to give your $10 million back, or, or how is this actually playing out? No, look, good questions, Brian, and, and good morning. So, first and foremost, uh, no, the the loans thing with the Cisco royalties only the share uh, position has been moved over to Odev. So, uh, uh, our friend Defalco still owe us money. We we expect it back. Um, and you're right, the uh, the money for Glen from Glencore is meant to advance the asset, finish the last of the technical work that's required. Hopefully, uh, at the end of that, uh, to um, and, and with a buffer. But hopefully, at the end of that. To give them all the comfort to, um, to enter into a long-term agreement to to move that asset forward to the benefit of, of everyone, um, and we do have uh, that debt coming due. Uh, we'll look to uh, you know refinance that with Falco, however, makes sense. Again, our our, uh, our objective there is is not uh, not the debt necessarily. Obviously, if they can repay it, uh, great. That'll be up to them. Uh, but we'd be supportive because what we're looking to, you know, we have our eye on the prize and the prize there is 20,000 ounces of geos um, in Quebec. So that's, uh, that's what we're looking to, uh, to support. And, and in our minds that uh, that loan was a, a small price to pay and continues to be a small price to pay to uh, to facilitate that. So it's still money they owe us and, uh, and we'll, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll look to uh, sort that out when it, when the time comes. Great. Thanks. And just very quickly, an ODV, I mean, you mentioned there, you think about trade in December, I mean, to the vote November 20th, but that sort of looks like it's set up. What else has to mechanically happen to get us to December? Yeah, look, it's not it's not much. I mean, really the only uh, thing is the listing process with the, the TSX Venture. Uh, the, the vote, as you mentioned, of the Shell company, Barolo, is on November 20th, uh, 80 some odd percent. I forget the number now. Um of the votes have already kind of been delivered um so that's uh that's just kind of a, a procedural uh step um and um and then it's just as i said the completion of the listing process with the tsx so you know as you can imagine it's a fair bit of documentation fair bit of paperwork um and that's uh, getting bounced around uh between lawyers uh, uh you know on a daily basis so hopefully that will conclude they can go to their committee and and uh you know, I, I wouldn't suggest it's you know last few days of November. We're kinda of hoping it's first few days of December, but uh, but that's kind of the time frame we're guiding towards. Great. Thank you very so much. Re- so really really just procedural. No problem, Brian. Great. Thank you.
1: And there are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to the presenters for closing remarks.
0: Great. Well, look, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in on behalf of uh, Sean, uh, Fred, and myself, and the team. I think we had a pretty strong quarter, and we look forward to uh, to, to more of the same in Q4 with our assets continuing to li- deliver uh, deliver quite well. So thanks for your time, uh, and, uh, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.
1: That concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.